1: Brian Mazrowski here with you, Beamaz and Beamer on WBEN to uh take you through on a Thursday brightening up out there, looking pretty nice. Thanks for hanging out with me. I I need your help out there. I uh it's a little too late now, on one hand. On the other hand, it's I mean, it's burning in my mind because I just I need to know. So I made a mistake this morning. You know, sometimes you walk in here, it's pretty early in the morning, and I'm just not quite thinking clearly as I walk through the door. And, you know, on a typical day, I'll bring yeah, you know, I don't I don't eat before I walk in here. I'll have something around 6 30, 7 o'clock. Usually just like a protein bar or something, you know, something quick. It'll just be in my bag. And you know, today I brought a cup of yogurt, which I've done like a couple times in the last month or so. But I forgot this morning, you know, I walk in, I make a stop at the fridge. Today I filled up my water bottle in the sink and, you know, just go to my desk. And I forgot this morning to put the yogurt in the fridge. So... I, you know, going about, it's like 7.30 or something. I go in the fridge to look at my yogurt. I open the fridge door, and I'm like, oh, no. I left it in the bag. It's been sitting out of the fridge for hours. You know, I took it out of my fridge at like, what, quarter to four? And then I, you know... Until 7.30 or so, it was sitting out there outside of the fridge. I had to make a judgment call. I asked Jimmy behind the glass, and he was kind of, uh, he gave me like the side eye of, I don't really know. But he seemed more concerned that I was eating yogurt in the first place than about the actual time it was out of the fridge. But I was very concerned. Should I eat it? Should I not? Is it safe to do so? I don't know, like, what the time is. How long is yogurt allowed to be warm for? I ate it. I was very hungry. I ate a little bit of it, and it wasn't all that good. It's not good when it's not cold, and so I I ate like I don't know half of the cup of yogurt. And I don't know, I'm I'm just not feeling e- easy about it. I guess that's what I'm trying to say here. I half a cup of warm yogurt. It had been out of the fridge for a while. And I'm just worried that, you know, it's going to do something to my stomach. So I need your help, and thank you. I'm getting, all right, someone says it has enough preservatives in it. I think I bought the kind without a bunch of preservatives. And then someone else said it's live culture. It's fine. You won't die. Eat it. I'm not worried about the worst case scenario. I'm just, <laughs> I'm trying to stay out of the John for a while. And then I don't get this. Now, someone just texted in with this 8030930 to join me here on WBen today. 8030930. You can uh, give me a call or text on our Volkswagen and Orchard Park text board. Uh, someone said it's fine as long as it's under 90 degrees. 90 degrees, really? That can't be right. But uh, to the person who just texted in, when you put your yogurt in your kid's lunch, it sets for a lot longer. And that makes sense. And I always wonder about that. When I'm putting yogurt, and there's yogurt, and I'll read the ingredients. It seems like it's real yogurt. It's not loaded with a bunch of stuff. But it says yogurt on the pouch, and you don't have to put it in the fridge. It's like shelf-stable yogurt. It makes me uneasy. Uh, My wife likes to buy it because, well, my kid likes it. There's also, like, these yogurt bites. Those are a little bit different. They, They taste like Tums. It's not that good. But those make me a little uneasy. But now that I'm thinking about it, you know, they do have that. I should be okay. It was just, it just didn't taste good. So I went with half of it. But, you know, now thanks. Thank you for the advice, everybody. Now I can go on. Uh, Bill Stadium, you know, a a topic of discussion. Oh, don't get me started on this, by the way. Someone who just texted in. Their grandmother lived to 100. She'd leave leftover cooked sausage in the cupboard overnight and eat it the next day. Come on. But that reminds me, my grandmother talks about just eating raw meat all the time. I had her over earlier this week to make steak, and usually I make it, I'll sear it in the pan, pop it in the oven for a little bit, and I like my steak pretty rare, hers, it's like, she doesn't even want it cooked, I'm like, I gotta cook it a little bit, I just sear it on either side real quick, it is completely red outside, except for the outside, completely red, so yeah, I I don't doubt whoever just uh, <laughs> uh, chimed in with that the leftover sausage the next day, yeah, I mean that it just doesn't sound good, right? And if you ate you eat yogurt three weeks past the Best Buy date, I can't do that. Milk won't touch it. There's stuff like that. I don't know. I can't touch.
2: If you're not here tomorrow, we'll know the result of the yogurt issue.
1: And maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. Then we'll find out, Jim. No, I, I won't be here tomorrow. You can blame Mexico for that. U.S.-Mexico kick off at 10 p.m. Ugh. 10 p.m.? Are you kidding me? But, no, that's the, uh, that's the reason why. Uh, but, no, thank you. I'm going to scroll through all these texts just to make sure I'm eating everything right. But you're right about it, that the older generation. Those stomachs are tougher than ours I, for whatever reason. Um, Bill Stadium, you uh, heard the county executive talk about it at length, and you also just heard the president of the ECIDA. And you know, I, I did want to ask him about this idea. And the county executive was asked yesterday this ancillary development idea that's been out there. We talked about so much over the last week, and both of them kind of echoing. Right? Something that we've been saying here for a lot of the last week when it comes to ancillary development. Get the stadium deal done first and then you can worry about ancillary development. It doesn't all come at once. We're not building a stadium and a shopping mall next door. Developers need the security of knowing there's going to be a structure in place before putting their money into something that's going to be there. And that's, um, you know, the county executive said there's lots of interest in development around the stadium once the deal's in place. And that's what we heard uh, John Capolino, president of the ECIDA, say with us that basically, listen, you're not going to put your money and commit to an area if you don't know for certain that something's going to happen. So the certainty will kind of breed that other stuff. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, this is two... Ooh, someone said yogurt two hours, according to Google, out of the fridge. I definitely passed the two hours. Now I'm not thinking good. Oh, yikes. Uh, and, anyways, um, so we were talking with him about that. And also with Capolino and uh, you heard Congressman Brian Higgins a little bit earlier, talking about the issue of Bethlehem Steel. There was a some new development on the Bethlehem Steel site, which is huge, by the way. If you're like me and you're too young to really remember uh, Bethlehem Steel in its heyday, I think I was just born when it really closed down. I, the Bethlehem Steel is more than just what you see on Route 5. I, I mean, the site of it is... Far-reaching. So there was some more development announcements on the Bethlehem Steel site or the former Bethlehem Steel site yesterday. What I wanted to know about, though, is what is going to happen with what you can see from Route 5. Because when it comes to that, you know, how long did we sit here, how many days, and talk about the Great Northern Grain Elevator being a sort of eyesore for Western New York. With the big hole in it, even if it was all fixed up, are you going to keep it? If you do keep it, you really have to do something with it so it doesn't become, once again, a big eyesore for Western New York. And I'm thinking about that: is there on the Bethlehem Steel site. It's been six years, over six years now, since the massive fire there. I mean, took out the biggest of the buildings. And nothing's been done with it so far. You drive by and it's been cleaned up from the heap of mess that it was six years ago. But aside from that, it's just a skeleton. And you look at the other buildings that are still standing that didn't catch on fire. And they're really not much better. when is something going to be done about that? You know, we had press conference after press conference in front of the Great Northern Grain Elevator. This needs to be saved. And yes, they were leaning on, uh, you know, this is historic. It needs to be preserved. But a lot of those comments were, this has become an eyesore in Buffalo. And I say today, you know, there was just a whole bunch of people down in Bethlehem Steel. I don't think there's a bigger eyesore than the former Bethlehem Steel Building along Route 5 for a couple of reasons. One, the actual site of it. Right? I mean, this, it looks terrible. You drive down Route 5 next to the Bethlehem Steel site. You think you're, like, on the set of uh, that Dune movie. You're going through. It looks like a movie set. Like you're in a post-apocalyptic future. It's ugly, old, rusted out, and it's huge. And the number two point is it's on a central place. You know, people were saying, well, this is for a lot of people, the Great Northern Grain Elevator, it's your, their first impression of Buffalo. You see it. It's uh, humongous out there, kind of looming. Uh, it's a, a entryway. And I'm thinking, oh, I, I don't think many people pay attention to it or see it. The former Bethlehem Steel site along Route 5 is far more visible. Think of how many people travel along that part of Route 5 every single day to get onto the Skyway, to go into downtown, to get out of downtown and go to the Southtowns. We're talking about a stadium. How many people visiting Buffalo travel down Route 5 on game day to go to the stadium? For the person who texted in that they don't really consider that to be part of Buffalo, you know, technically it's not, but it's all the same to somebody who's visiting the area, right? It's all the same when you're driving into Buffalo or maybe you're driving to the stadium, you you stayed in Buffalo, you're a whatever fan. You stay in Buffalo, then you drive to the stadium on game day and you're driving past this monstrosity. I mean, to have that be your lasting impression of Western New York, this big, hulking, cavernous, old <laughs> shell of a structure, and then all the old buildings that come with it, I think it's the biggest eyesore in Western New York for those two reasons. The eyesore itself and the prominent place that it is in Buffalo. I Would you agree with that? Is there a bigger eyesore... In all of western New York. Now, for me, I used to always say, before I started thinking about the Bethlehem Steel Building, because I don't drive down that way on Route 5 too often. But before, I would have said the Buffalo City Court Building is the biggest eyesore in western New York. Because you're surrounded by, you have the beautiful City Hall. You have the really nice-looking, brand-new Federal Court Building downtown. Uh, you have the Statler Building; it's starting to see life again. But you could see how that could look, you know, very nice. And all the Liberty Building, the beautiful architecture in Buffalo, and then the City Court Building is just, oh my goodness, it looks like something out of a sci-fi movie. Just this big concrete brick, and I'm not alone in thinking that. I John Buccigross is on ESPN when they were here to do the game the other week. He took a picture of Buffalo City Court. Tweeted it out to all of his followers saying, Buffalo, I love you, but what is this? <laughs> and it is the ugly, and it's as ugly inside as it is on the outside. I That is, or was to me, the biggest eyesore in Buffalo. But now that I think about it more, you know, that's hidden maybe a little bit. You got some beautiful things right next to it. It's still ugly, but I don't think it compares to that former Bethlehem Steel site. What is the biggest eyesore? 803-0930 to get in on the conversation. Give me a call, 803-0930, or send a text this morning to WBEM. We'll go to Kathy, who's in South Buffalo. Kathy, welcome to WBEM. What's the biggest eyesore that you can think of around western New York?
3: You just said it, the Bethlehem horror on Route five. How long, if my home burned to, really burned, where it was, Uninhabitable. How long would the city let me sit it? Let it sit there before well, they signed me or forced me to do something with it?
1: Kathy, that's a. You'll have some people call in and tell you that the city would let that happen for far too long.
3: I thought there was like uh, rules, laws that you had to you know it had to be either rehabbed or demolished i didn't know it, uh, that a burned out building could just sit there for endless years
1: it doesn't make sense to me either i the is it more the prominence of the location or is it the structure itself that would cause you to say that's the biggest eyesore
3: uh the just the whole looming hulk of it it's it's like out of some apocalyptic movie, yeah, and 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 nobody ever does anything about it. And I've asked people about it. How come they don't either fix it, tear it down, rehab something? I mean, to leave it sit there. I mean, I was on a train ride uh, from the South Jones, and you could see the smoke billowing that day, just. The skies were just filled with it, and it just sits there forever. I mean, are, is who owns it? Who's liable for it? And are there no rules and what you have to do with property?
1: Hey, Kathy, appreciate the call. It's... I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I... I feel like I can no longer take seriously anybody standing in front of an old building saying, we need to restore this, or... This has been sitting, deteriorating for too long. As long as that Bethlehem Steel is still there. That big structure along Route 5. That's the worst to me. At a point where so many people travel by, to have that be one of your impressions of Western New York. You want Western New York... To feel like the opposite of a vibrant city. You want it to feel like an old place, an old abandoned city. I mean, that's the impression that you're getting when you drive by there. And it, I mean, it is. I'm with Kathy. It, it's unbelievable that you haven't heard the same uproar to keep, to do something with it, knock it down. Knock it down. Make make nothing to update it, to rehab the appearance, as you do with a lot of other places all along western New York. Uh, Someone else, you know, in Lackawanna, you have their city hall, the orange box on stilts. It's not the greatest thing in the world either. Uh, But I I do not think it compares to... uh, that. I mean, you want to talk Rust Belt. That is Rust Belt right there. The old Bethlehem Steel Building that burned up si- over six years ago. And it's still standing there now. I would put Buffalo City Court there too. i You can convince me of a few other uh, things. Uh, you know, most of the grain elevators, I'm fine with. i The biggest eyesore in western New York. What is it? Someone's saying the mm, stretches along the throughway from the 290 to Grand Island. I don't... I don't know if that compares with some of the other things we're mentioning. For a while there, it was the odd, half torn down. Not anymore. Now you might say the pit right next to Canal Side. That's a big eyesore. Hey, everybody, come down to... You know, canal side, it's great. We have a a vibrant waterfront once again. Oh, by the way, right next door is just going to be a big pile of dirt. Let's go to Rick. Rick, you're on WBEM. What's going on?
2: Ah, good morning. Uh, You are just talking about the Bethlehem Steel Building down on Route 5. I go by that all the time, every day. I I went by it when it uh, was burning, burning. I even uh, helped uh, doing some of the cleanup, but there's still businesses in that building. It's still a warehouse. They got a pallet uh, company in there. They got a company that does salt in there, so it's a it's a business still.
1: Rick, I, I know that there's things inside. They called the whole thing, I think, the Steelworks Industrial Park, but right. Don't if you are in charge, whether it's the city, the state, someone. You have to, you know, I to Kathy's point about your house, you know, you can have a house, might be great, fully functional inside. I'm still living there. But if the outside is completely run down and out of sorts with everything else in your community, eventually somebody, right, is going to ask you to, right? I mean, clean it up. Yeah, I mean, I guess they could
2: somehow beautify it somehow. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just, like you said, it's a, hulk of bricks and steel i mean it does look like an eyesore i mean i i mean those people that live there some of those are just looking at it every day out their uh, doors out their windows so i mean i can understand that i mean uh i mean i don't know who really owns it if it's a single person a partnership i mean we just need people that have vision or money to maybe just you know, make it uh, look a little bit
1: better somehow. Hey, Rick, uh, thanks for the call. Eyesore. I think it's the biggest eyesore in Western New York. What's yours? 8030930Bmaz and Beamer on WBEN. Back here, BMAS and Beamer. Brian Mazarowski here with you until 10 o'clock this morning. Uh, we're talking about the biggest eyesores in Western New York, which I, you know, after thinking about it yesterday, there was a big announcement over at uh, one of the former Bethlehem Steel sites. That structure, in its entirety, not just the part that's burnt out and, you know, was the the source of that massive blaze over six years ago. But really in its entirety along Route 5, I think wins it for me. I used to say the city court building downtown, but I, I think that former Bethlehem steel structure is the biggest eyesore. Not just for how it looks, but also for where it is. I mean, that is kind of one of the door Think about people driving into Buffalo. So many people from out of the area would take Route 5 driving into Buffalo. That's what you see. Come on. That's your first impression? Think of people who stay in Buffalo. They come here to go to a Bills game. You take Route 5 down to the stadium. Oh, this is Buffalo. I mean, come on. It is one of the worst looks for Western New York and why there isn't more pressure on the owners to fix it up from the outside i do not know i i, I just have not figured it out anyways 8030930 to join me the biggest eyesore in western new york I want to touch on a, a text before we get uh, back to the phones Somebody talking about the ancillary development around the stadium. The current stadium has been there since 1974. Why is now going to be any different? And, and I'll say, I can't speak to, you know, the first 10 years of the lifespan of the stadium. But after that, I think about the conversations around the Bills, right? It The team has been rumored to move for my entire life up to when the Pagulas bought the team. And even after the Pagulas bought the team, and a little bit before then, this idea of a new stadium, everyone saying downtown, downtown, you don't know what's going to happen. So that uncertainty, I, you would be hard-pressed to convince a lot of developers, I think, to say, yeah, why not Put millions of dollars next to this Bills stadium that everybody's questioning whether or not it's going to be here, whether that's the team or the stadium itself, five, ten years from now. So that's the answer to that, the uncertainty. Hopefully with a a new lease, a new stadium would come more of that certainty and change things. I'm not saying that's definitely the case, but I, I do think that's a large part of why you didn't see more development around the stadium to begin with. Uh, the biggest eyesore in Buffalo. I don't think the stadium is one of them. I think it looks pretty nice from the outside. Pretty nice from uh, you know the eyes of somebody laying on a parking lot floor through a folding table. Not an eyesore to me. Uh, but what is? Pat. You're on WBEM. Pat, uh, what do you think takes the cake as the biggest eyesore in western New York?
4: I'd like to say two things. About the, the uh, uh, steel plant. That was owned by the President Kennedy's father who developed the steel plant. That's a historical site. And the fact that the worst site, poor site, is Main Street in Buffalo. You know, Higgins and everybody else wants to build up the southern side and the outer side and all the way away from Buffalo. But do you realize how long and how many times these politicians said that they were going to clear up Main Street, they were going to have the business like it used to be?
1: Pat, what part of Main Street specifically?
4: Well, let's see, from, uh, I'd say, oh, Seneca Street all the way up to uh, the Goodall. There's no business except for a drugstore and a pizzeria. The main place mall is completely boarded off, except for that pizzeria. Yeah, but yet you, you, but yet they open up Main Street. They promise the people they're going to open up Main Street. They're going to have these buildings, beautiful buildings, but vacant, empty as a, uh, anything. A M and A's, for Christ's sake, has been vacant for how long? Hey,
1: Pat, uh, how are you in that area often? Yes, I'm in that area. I would you say though it's gotten better?
4: No, it hasn't, because go shopping. Listen to me. Up in the South Town, you got your food, you got your clothes, you got your knickknacks, you got your donut shops, you got places to sit and talk. Not downtown anymore, my friend. I live in this area. I can't get clothes or anything downtown. I have to go all the way out to the suburbs. I have to take a bus if I get out there. I can't get back if I don't catch the last bus. I... They promised Main Street to be reestablished when they first put that rail station system in. You know how many years that promise has been? You know how many times they said that their campaign, oh, we're going to open up Main Street. There's nothing on Main Street. You've got your your waterfront, you've got Delaware, but you don't have the necessities for people that live in this area.
1: I, You know, Pat, I appreciate it, and you're hitting a lot of good points there. Right? Thank you for the call. I do want to push back just a little bit on this idea because I will say Main Street has gotten better, and I think that's undeniable. And, yes, Pat, there aren't the clothing stores there. There's not clothing stores anywhere. Those are all you try and find somebody who's opening, you know, new clothing stores that aren't selling vintage threads nowadays. I mean, it's pretty tough, but it has gotten better. You know, I can think of going to shows at the Sphere now town ballroom, and you walk around before a show, it is dead. There's nobody there. You walk out of the show, aside from the people going out, there's nobody there. It's dark. I think one of the best projects that they've put a ton of taxpayer dollars into is that car sharing main street project. I do think it has breathed some new life into main street. Now, is it perfect yet? No. Is it all the way back yet? No. That's I always, you know, want to caution people and have people pump the brakes when they're talking about the impact of a lot of these projects, just to be like, you know, hang on a second here because let's not overstate the impact this is going to have. But I do think it has had a big impact. If you're on Main Street now, you know, what do I remember from, and this is downtown Main Street we're talking about, right next to Shays, by the town ballroom, right along the Metro Rail in the theater district. What did you have 15 years ago? You could go to Fridays and then go to a show. And, you know, on Main Street itself, that was about it. Now you go down there, it looks much nicer. There's much more to do right along Main Street. There are more restaurants, places to sit and eat, like Pat said, along Main Street than there were before. Things are, I I think, getting better. And it's a perfect no, but I always want to, you know, you do have to give credit where credit is due. You know, to people who say, ah, oh, this is pe-. Buffalo as a whole in the last 15 years, you can't look at me with a straight face and the downtown area especially and, and say this hasn't gotten loads better than what it was before in terms of things to do. I, I mean, it, it is a place to be now whether that's down by the water, uh, closer to the arena, are there still areas like the Perry projects that are you know might make your list on the biggest eyesore of Western New York? Yes. Uh, but not everything happens all at once and overnight. So uh, it has gotten better. And if we go the, to the uh, text board 8030930 if you want to join me, give me a call or, or send a text on our Volkswagen and Fort Park text board. Uh, Someone saying the, uh, you know, buildings along the river is big eyesores. And this would kind of fit into my, you know, Bethlehem Steel is the biggest eyesore because of where it is as much as what it is. Um, This would kind of fit into that where they say all the buildings along the river driving along the 190. As you're going, you know, from the Grand Island Bridges Niagara Falls to Buffalo, all those buildings. And, hey, I'm there with you. I, I'm all ears to that, right? I I think that qualifies as biggest eyesore because while there might not be one thing you pick out to say this is the biggest eyesore in western New York, I think in its entirety and given the location, how many people drive through, and that's one of your impressions of Buffalo, I think you can make that case to one of the biggest eyesore. You could also say, though, it is getting a little bit. I don't think it's gotten as better as Main Street has. The improvement hasn't been as much, but it is getting a little better. You look at some of those buildings, at least they have new windows, right? I mean, some of those buildings do look a little bit nicer than they did five, 10 years ago. So the progress isn't happening fast, but it is happening. But I do agree with that text uh, 190. Along the river, a lot of those buildings for location as much as what it is. I would agree with you there. To the phones, eight zero three zero nine thirty. Tom in Amherst. Tom uh, around Western New York. What do you look at and just shake your head?
5: Yes, sir Brian. You're doing a heck of a job, brother. Listen, you're right about the uh, the Bethlehem
1: Steel. I mean, that that's a colossal
5: mess. It's it, it's almost surreal if you think about it. But something that I see on a daily basis is the entrances and exits on the Kensington. They are spewed with litter all the time. I mean, get some of these people that are in the uh, holding center to go out and clean it up because the litter is just horrible, just horrible wherever you look. It's unbelievable in this day and age to see all
1: that garbage. You know, Tom, I'm wondering. You say you're calling from Amherst, outside of the city. Is there anything that stands out to you?
5: I was a Buffalo resident for six, over 60 years, but uh, I finally got out. So, all
1: right. Well, Tom, thanks.
5: I see all the time too, so my heart's really in the city of Buffalo, but um, for practical reasons, I needed a smaller house, so that's why I'm in Amherst.
1: Well, appreciate the call, Tom. Um, Yeah, you know, outside of Buffalo, so many people have texted in with Niagara Falls. And, you know, I do think this is, this kind of is along, you know, what I was saying with Main Street and those buildings along the 190 where uh, the city in its entirety, that's a whole nother show, right? (laughs) I mean, if we're going to just stay focused on the falls itself, you know, the actual Niagara Falls attraction and not go outside that bounds. I think there is a charm to the American side that has improved over 15 years or so. Now, there's it's nothing like what is over at the Canadian side of the falls, which is, by the way, mostly when you're talking about the Canadian side of the falls, you're not talking about the falls, really, are you? You're talking about things to do. I mean, it's, like a, it's got the beautiful strip in Clifton Hill. There's a casino there. There's places to stay. There's restaurants, businesses. It's very vibrant, glowing lights, uh, all that stuff. I, I don't have to tell you. We don't have any of it here. I mean, it's totally different. But as a park, to enjoy the natural beauty of Niagara Falls, I would have to say there's been really nice improvements on our side in the last decade plus. And I think as the park and the falls itself goes, I think you want to keep it that way. And then, you know, all that other stuff, that's where you point to the city. It's like, come on, let's get it going here. You know, right as you step outside of the park, let's go. You know, where where are the attractions? Where is anything that mimics what you see on the other side of the border? It's not there. But if you're talking about the falls, I mean, the city is one thing. That's, like I said, it's another show. The development that isn't there is another thing, and that's easy to criticize. But at the same time, you want to recognize when things are good. The park itself on the American side, I think over the last decade, they've done a very good job of transforming it to – do you remember what was there before? Separating you from Niagara Falls, it was like a, a rickety wooden fence. That was like knocked down in some areas. It was, you know, looked like something I would build. And now it's much nicer, the the landscaping of the area. So I do want to give some credit there. If you are going to Niagara Falls, you want to experience the natural beauty. I do think the American side is there. And then when you want to have some fun, you cross the border and, and go to the Canadian side. Hopefully that'll change. Uh, but it, the falls itself, it doesn't strike me as the eyesore anymore. A, a couple more votes for Niagara Street. Uh, and then someone saying, you know, Pat was talking about further down by the M&T Tower on Main Street. I and mean, look, that project's still ongoing. I have hope for Main Street. I, I think things are getting better along Main Street and Buffalo. at least I do. Pat disagreed with me, but listen I think it's there. I if I'm making a list, Bethlehem Steels now number one they took the top spot from the city court building, which is a huge eyesore and i I don't know what hits me with uh you know number three. Maybe it's the current state of the parking lot. At the uh, in between the tops and the gym on uh, Young Street in Tonawanda, that is worse than the worse than the surface of the moon over the last week. And I did want to hit on this before uh, I leave you here for the week. Uh, today is a big anniversary for what some people call the greatest film of all time.
0: I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. It's tough to imagine anyone else but Francis Ford Coppola directing The Godfather, but that was almost the case.
2: There was a director in the wings who was going to take over in case Coppola didn't work out.
0: Robert Duvall, who played Corleone concierge Tom Hagen, told me the pressure was enormous. The shoot weighed down in budget issues, casting concerns, and protests.
2: I gave a tremendous amount of respect for Francis Coppola, but he stuck to his guns and made the film that he wanted to
0: make. The result was one of the most beloved and most quoted films in cinema history.
1: Leave the gun. Take the cannoli.
0: Matt Wolf, ABC News. Never seen it.
1: Godfather. Godfather 2. 3. Haven't seen a single one. I've probably seen 30 seconds of The Godfather. But I couldn't tell you which one it was. Never seen it. I think the day of us all but there's too much out there. And I think maybe about 5 years ago we lost some people call it the monoculture. We have lost the ability to earnestly say to somebody, I can't believe you've never seen that. Because there's too much out there. Oh, you think about that. So I leave you here today. What is the one show, the one movie, the one anything The last 20 years, you could really say to somebody, I can't believe you haven't seen blank. I don't think it exists.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.